0: hey Catholic this is your host Taylor Schroll welcome in it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood a beautiful day for a neighbor and my neighbor Father Anthony Sharama is here we are neighbors by country only Father Anthony how are you today sir I'm doing great and I really appreciate that Pittsburgh shout out you
1: were referencing one of our great heroes, Mr. Rogers.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Is he from Pittsburgh? Yeah, man. I did that on purpose.
1: Yes. <laughs> like It's it's like a big deal. We've got a statue of him and everything.
0: So it's funny. I, I didn't know that at all. But wow. bringing up being neighbors was actually intentional. Beca- yeah. Because last week, like five days ago, we, we are not neighbors. I live in Texas. I'm recording this in Bryan College Station, Texas, from the Red Sea Radio Studios. You are recording this where?
1: Uh, Newcastle, Pennsylvania.
0: What room are you in? I don't even know.
1: This is, this is one of my rooms. I'm in the rectory. I've got my little office here, my little computer here, and that's where I'm at. So Newcastle, PA, it's about an hour north of Pittsburgh.
0: We're going to take a break from my story for a second to, to just address yes. something you just said. I am married— And I, So I have one room that I share with another person. Most of the time, I share it with two people. That sounded weird. My wife and my small child. You, as a single priest, just said, I'm in one of my many rooms. So there are many benefits to being married, but if you want multiple rooms to yourself, join the Catholic priesthood. It's
1: true. It depends on your parish and your church, but let's see. How many rooms do I have to myself? One, two, three, four, five. So five, i got an entire floor, actually, to myself. i got five rooms, and then I have my own chapel that's just down the hallway as well. So that's maybe six.
0: I know this is, so r- uh, this is radio and it's theater of the mind, but I just yeah. want everyone to know right now that you are standing up and flexing every muscle in your body right
1: now. Yes, I am. <laughs> you <have> Behold, to... <laughs> all of my rooms. <laughs> imagining how great the rectory is I live.
0: I'm lonely in here, and in here, and in here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. Hey, check this out. Check this out. Another theory of the mind. I've got with me a relic of Therese of Lisieux. So I'm not alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not alone. This is great. All in the middle of a story that I'm about to dunk on you. So um, okay. I, I came to I, – I, we are not neighbors. But I traveled no. to, to your lovely, lovely state this mm-hmm. last week, and I, and I called you, and I said, hey, do you want to hang, hang out? And you said, no, I'm too busy for you, and you didn't want to hang out with me. So I just wanted to address that now. Why, like, that? why didn't you want to be my neighbor? Why weren't you loving your wow. neighbor? Why wow. didn't you want to hang out now, with me? You're going
1: to do this right here, right now. Yeah, I, I just okay. want answers. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you told me, hey, by the way, I am right now in Pennsylvania. You didn't give me any heads up. You didn't even think about me, even though I am Pittsburgh okay as priests and we're good friends. And you're like, oh, by the way, do you want to hang out? I'm really super busy. I can only hang out this one time. Does that work for you? Eh.
0: See, what I remember was I was willing to wake up very early. And everyone knows I'm not a morning person. I was going to wake up super early and like drive to meet you there. And you were like, nah.
1: No, this is what I did. This was, I think this is a good, actually, moment in our friendship. And people need to know this, because it's important to realize that you come to this point in a friendship. I said to you, hey, this would be a pain in the butt for both of us. We both really want to see each other, but it's just ridiculous to try. Are we good enough friends just to say, you know what? We'll try again next time. And you said yes.
0: I, I think that's really important.
1: <laughs> like... We we're comfortable enough in our friendship where we're like, we're both busy. You had you had to speak or something at a uh, the place, what's it called? Uh Steubenville, whatever. And I have to get ready for confessions and for mass and for everything. And we're like, you know what? We're both very important busy people. <laughs> Still love each other. <laughs> it's just not gonna work.
0: The best part about this is everything you said was true. And I, I – I d- but but the the First thing I thought of whenever you said, "Are we good enough friends to do this?" and I was like, yeah. "Yes." That was my first thought. Point zero one seconds later, my next thought was, "I know the intro to my next podcast with Father Anthony." <laughs> You just use me for content. I use everyone for content. (laughs) Have you not noticed? Do you not know? Have you not heard? (laughs) I thought
1: what we
0: had was special. The greatest thing, I think I've mentioned this on the air before, but the greatest moment was when my mom realized that everything that I do is show prep. So she was like, we had this conversation and at the end of it, she goes, wait, this is going to be on the show, isn't it? And I said, absolutely, mom.
1: (laughs) You know what this is? You have a little bit, a little bit of taste of what it's like to be a priest because everything that we go through is actually homily prep. So that's a little bit of that experience.
0: So what you're saying is you don't really prepare for your homilies all that much. You just live your life and you're like, ah, it'll be fine.
1: I'm not completely saying that. I'm, I'm sort of implying that, but I also do some, um, uh, some actual sit down prep work. Yeah.
0: Okay. Speaking of priest things, I have this other thing that just happened that I oh. want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went to confession for the first time in a while. I, I know. Yay! yay! I was going to play a sound effect, but you clapped into a microphone from 18 states away, so that will just stick with that. Um, <laughs> I went to confession, and I was in this long line, and I was like, look, I have the time. I'm going to go sit in line. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it before they have to go to mass, and I come to do the radio show. If that's not an indictment on my spiritual life, I don't know what is. Everybody else is going to go to mass. I'm going to go record a radio show. But at least I'm with the priest. It's fine. So I was like, I'm going to go sit in this line. If I make it, cool. I got the confession. If not, I can at least you know trick Jesus into the fact that I tried. So Okay. So, okay. So I I— I get into confession. It was it was fine. But I walk in the door and it's uh there's like it's not face to face, so there's this like partition between us, right? Right. I kneel down. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. <laughs> like mm-hmm. for ten seconds, and I'm like, forgive me, father, for I have sinned. It's been two yeah. to three months since my last confession. Nothing. <laughs> like silence. I'm like then I just start listing off my sins. <laughs> and then he says, for your penance, say three are fathers, which I'm actually just now realizing I didn't do. So I need to do that whenever we get off the show. <laughs> yeah, good. And then he, he says, say your son, their act of contrition. I did the act of contrition. He, then he did the uh, absolution prayer, and then I said, thank you, Father, goodbye, and he didn't say another word. He said like n- 11 <laughs> words to me the entire confession. So it was just a strange experience. I've been going to confession since I was in second grade, and I've yep. never had a priest say nothing until the
1: penance. <laughs> uh, well, okay, I can, I can give you a guess of what was going on. Because a lot of times, I'll also say nothing. Because you get a lot of people who come into the confessional, they kneel down, and they go, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been so long since my last confession. My sins are this and that and the other thing. And then they, they just do it all themselves. You don't have time to say hello. So because I usually I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> until that person walks in the room, I just wait and see. And if there's a pause, and it's an awkward pause, then I'll be like, welcome to confession. And then they'll know to go. Or... I will prompt them somehow. So I think maybe that was what was going on. Now the fact that he <laughs> didn't say like goodbye, I don't know. Maybe I have no <laughs> idea what's going on there. Well, <laughs> he just wanted you to get the heck out of there. So, um,
0: <laughs> so here's the thi- here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit because you're like, sure, oh sure. yeah, no, I, like I totally understand what you're saying, but you're yeah. saying that like, okay, these people come in and like because certain people just jump into it, you don't yeah. do it for the other people. And it's like, well, yeah. like, okay. Isn't this like your job? Like this is the thing where it's like the the, the priests have given their life to serving the church and the sacraments. It's like so then like essentially what like you, what you're doing, what this guy did to the tenth degree was like yeah. we're going to cater to the super holy people that know everything. Like somebody walks, <laughs> like what if this guy? Like I was fine. What if this guy walked in? Like some. It's like it had been twenty years since confession. It's like I, I don't know. What do I do? Well, I, okay, wait, wait, wait,
1: because. Everyone goes in the confessional differently, so I don't know anything until you tell me those things. So, what if someone just needs to take like a deep breath before they confess, or if they need to just settle down for a moment? I want to give them that time and give them that space. So this I've been is the one- in line
0: for an hour and a half. <laughs>
1: You would be, you would be shocked. People are in line for an hour and a half, and they still have no idea what kind of sins they committed. They're like, uh, like they're ordering from McDonald's sometimes. So I'll take none of that. Just because
0: someone's in line doesn't mean they're ready wait, to. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go back. Who doesn't yeah. know what they want from McDonald's? <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> this is, it's been the exactly, same the, menu. The
1: same kind of people who don't. This is this is a new theory I'm coming up with right now. <laughs> same kind of people who wait in line for McDonald's and haven't decided what they want by the time it's time to order are the same kind of people who wait in line at the confessional and then get into the confessional and don't remember or haven't thought of any of their sins this is the same kind of person okay that exists.
0: I agree with your assertion and I think yes. we both agree that those people are wrong so why are you <laughs> why are you changing how you do confession because of the wrong people? I I, I don't think it's a big deal. Okay,
1: this priest. It was weird. (laughs) It was so weird. (laughs) You know what? Confessions sometimes a little bit weird. Yeah, that was part of your penance. It's part of you know my. Why, you know why confession's awkward because of your many sins. That's why God allowed it to be awkward. How about that? How about that take for you?
0: It wasn't the, that. Wasn't the awkward part. I knew my lines. He didn't say his.
1: <laughs> and I know it's what, what I want from you. Is to defend the other priests, but he, he could have helped you out more. He could have helped you out more for
0: sure. Well, now I'm trying to help you out. The people that go to confession with you because I didn't know you did this too. <laughs> well, I don't. You don't know. You have no idea how I acted. Confession off yeah, because you won't hear my confession because I you won't you hear, hear it op- over Xbox Live, you won't or over hear your podcast, and cause cause I, that's illegal. And then you, and then I come to town and you won't see
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> you have to confess this entire
0: first segment. Oh man, just the first one, we I'm probably do and three, and maybe the Patreon stuff as well. Oh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll I don't see know. what happens. Okay, speaking of the show, I'm looking forward to. Uh, today, we actually have as our guest in the next segment the host of the show. Now I know that's very confusing because this is this show and I call it the show, but he has a show called The Show. It's like Show Inception. His name's Edmund Mitchell. He's going to come on. I'm very excited for that. I don't know why it's taken me so long to get him on, but I was like hey, why haven't you come on yet? You should come on. He goes, okay. And he did. And then um, we're going to talk about demons later. That's going to be fun. And we're going to talk about Yeah, spooky demons. Uh, We're gonna talk about the Jesus. We're gonna talk about Janet from the Good Place. And one thing before we get into any of that, Father Anthony. Yes. Ever since we started this whole new um, experience with like moving the show to having these rotating co-hosts, like yourself, like Mm -hmm. it's been great. But like I have been doing a a lot of extra things, right? Like having co-hosts has been great for content. But because I don't have a producer, I've been you know, booking guests and doing the producing live and the editing. It's like, you know, like if the credits rolled, it would be like all of my name 18 times. And then like <laughs> you and the other co-hosts like once there at the bottom. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So in, in all of that, I used to be able to think more about like, OK, what's the content? I used to be able to prepare for my homilies more. Right. <laughs> so yeah, right, right. Uh, one thing we, ought, we used to do more of is play games on the show. And we haven't played a game in a while. So, I have a game, like I had a game, but you were like scared to play a game against me. So, we're going to do a different kind of game. Yay! <laughs> Yay. We're going to do no, no pushback on that, huh? I was I'm surprised. No, no,
1: no, because no, I'll admit this, I'll be vulnerable for a moment. I could not stand the idea of the possibility of me losing to you on your show.
0: I'm glad you're scared of me.
1: Too great. I could not handle it. My ego is too fragile. I can't <laughs> even risk that possibility.
0: You need counseling. Okay. Uh, yeah. Speaking of people who need counseling, a few of them are going to be in this game. So mm-hmm. what this is, is this is all in honor of the Ministry Madness bracket, which you are in. Ministry, yeah,
1: I better win because the rest of the people in your bracket wonderful people love Jesus but they're chumps and I would totally beat them in the boxing match
0: <laughs> so if, if you're not if you're not familiar with what this is yet you're you're lost head to ministrymadness.com it's a 64 people bracket where you the listener gets to vote on who would win in a legal boxing match between all of these different Catholic personalities figures speakers all that sort of thing right father Anthony thinks he's going to win he's he's not what uh, here's here's what I'm going to do Father Anthony, yeah. just, just Ministry Madness for a second. It, uh, there are 64 places right now. If, mm-hmm. if you guess the right place right now, I will tell you yes. What place do you think you are in in total votes in the Ministry Madness bracket? Uh, fifth. No. Okay, moving on. So here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to play this game called Who Would Win in a Fight? All in honor of Ministry Madness. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a friendly little debate that we are going to have. Who yeah. would win in a fight? I don't know his name, but the guy from Die Hard, the main guy the main guy in Die Hard mm-hmm. or Liam Neeson in Taken. Who would win in a fight?
1: Oh my gosh. Liam Neeson in Taken. Is that your answer? Yeah, absolutely. You, That's you, the obvious answer. You said it like it's a question. John McClane, right? Sure. John McLean is the guy from Die Hard. Joe, Bruce Joe, Willis.
0: Joe McClain, the Catholic radio Don guy? McClain.
1: John McLean. John McLean. <laughs> you have people yelling in their cars. It's John McClain. <laughs> it's
0: John McClain. What's the main guy? Here's our next one. The main guy in the Indiana Jones movies. What's that main character's name?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, okay. My reasoning is that uh, the Liam Neeson character is like a trained special forces guy, where John McClain is just a really tough cop who gets kind of like lucky. He, I mean, but in the fights, fights, and if you watch both those movies, Taken is way more brutal than Die um, Hard. So it, I think that's an obvious one.
0: I do, too. I, you can only take that man's daughter so many times before he goes crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one of the greatest lines in movie history. I have a particular yes, set of phone. skills. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> it's so good. Okay. Uh, Indiana Jones or Captain Jack Sparrow?
1: Oh, man. This is way more intriguing. Because both of them get by more by their wiles than by, like, Indiana Jones gets into a lot of fights, but he also doesn't, like, try to fight people. Like, remember that scene with one guy with the sword? He just, like, shoots him? And he gets beat up a lot by the one big German guy in the scene with the plane. And then Jack Sparrow's pretty good at sword fighting. If we're going to do just a fist fight, I'll say Indiana Jones, because I don't remember any scenes (laughs) where Jack Sparrow gets in an actual fist fight.
0: Well, okay. So here's what I th- I think would happen is, yeah. have you ever seen Floyd Mayweather box?
1: Uh, only the one. Didn't he? Uh, the UFC guy he fought
0: Con- Con- Conor McGregor.
1: That's the only fight. I think it's the only boxing match I actually have ever seen.
0: So. so so Floyd his thing is like he will run around in the circle like like he'll just like pick his battles and he's so good and he never loses but he just runs away in the ring and then just mm. like comes in and gets a hit. I feel like that's what Captain Jack Sparrow would do because all he does in the movies is run away from stuff, you know. That's <laughs> so true. so I feel right. like I feel like he would do that and win. I'm going I'm going I'm going to be a contrarian there. Um, last one. Last one. This is this is a good one. We're gonna end on a good note. Batman or Iron Man?
1: Uh, see, so the thing is, if you give Batman time to prepare, he can beat anyone. I, I if agree. it's just they meet each other on the streets out of nowhere, I'm leaning towards Iron Man because of that suit and just just more technical capability right there. But if you give like Batman like a half hour preparation time, I think Batman wins hands down.
0: I think it's because, I think for me, you, you said something that I don't agree with. You said if Batman was given time to repair, if he yeah. he knows that Iron Man exists, he has a plan to defeat him. <laughs> like, okay, that's, okay, okay, sure,
1: yeah, no, 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 that's a good critique of my statement, yes. <laughs> right.
0: So I, I think Batman would win. Okay, so okay all of this that, has a point. Whenever we come back for our final segment, we're going to talk about another little fight that happens in the old spiritual life, but before we do that... Uh, We are going to hear from the man who runs the show, on the show, while doing the show. It's going to be great, and everyone is going to love it. But especially Father Anthony, because he needs joy in his life to fill all five of those rooms. We'll be right back. Catholic, I am joined by host of the show, but I'm host of the show, I'm, I'm host of this show, he's the host of the show, Father Anthony Serapa. I'm just kidding, he's not the host of the show, Edmund Mitchell is the host of the show, and he joins us from his insanely amazing studio in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Edmund, how are you, my brother? I'm doing alright, I'm doing okay, it's great to
2: be here great to be uh, in this amazing studio here. Wait, High wait tech.
1: Wait. You guys are both in Texas, right? Yes. Why aren't you but doing live- this in the same place?
0: Because Texas is bigger than your entire life, okay? Yeah. We live <laughs> yeah. almost as far away as you and I do, Father.
2: <laughs> yeah, te- Texas, Texas is the largest country in North America. That's a fact.
0: <laughs> Edmund, before we go any further, Father Anthony has a question that he has been dying to ask you.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, good. Yeah. Edmund. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts because I have seven different parishes. It means I drive around a lot. Gosh, that's crazy. Where do you it's, live? It is crazy. Not and Texas. It's, don't do worry in about Ghana? it. My question is: Is your podcast good? Is my podcast good? That's your question. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Tell me, is uh, your podcast good? I think it's good. I'm creating
2: the podcast that I would want to listen to. It's pretty self-serving to be honest. I think, I think some art is sometimes very self-serving because I'm creating what I would have loved to listen to five years ago. So I think it's good, but podcasts are a very personal thing. Like, and, and even I go through phases where sometimes I want to listen to radio lab. Sometimes I want to listen to just two people, just like talk for three hours, you know, like, uh, sometimes I just want to listen to five minutes of NPR. Just like, I want to get the, you know, tight, tight news. I want to get in and out, (laughs) take a quick shower. I just want to hear Terry, someone filling in for Terry gross, giving me like fresh air. That's what I want to that was an NPR joke for your listeners to listen to
1: NPR. Like the four people who listen to NPR and yeah. Taylor's show, yeah. they blew their mind. If you it's are listening niche right it's now, niche I'm ditching down.
0: You watch your mouth, sir. If you are listening right now and you also listen to NPR, I want you to send a message to Edmund. Not to me. Yep. Send a message so text to me. Edmund. Text,
2: text Edmund. Text me on my phone. 740 278 5321. Text me on my
0: phone. Wait, is that really your phone number?
2: Yeah, I give out my phone number on the internet. That's awesome. Dude, I'm all about relational ministry, so I just give out my cell phone number. Wow.
0: That's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I'm about That's, relational yeah. ministry too, but I also like my privacy. I mean, Jesus went up on yeah, a mountain by himself. He didn't, he didn't I, like send out a GPS location for everybody to find him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I
2: do too, but I don't know. I found some people online who have given out their personal information like that before. And they just said like, hey, you know, just know that this is my personal cell phone number. So, you know, be careful. with." You know, it's funny. Like when you first start making stuff on the internet, you're like really worried about your privacy. Then you want everyone to pay attention to you on the internet. And you realize it's really hard to get people (laughs) to pay attention to you. So maybe I'm just, uh, maybe it's just attention-seeking behavior happening.
1: It makes it a lot easier. I know you're married. This isn't an avenue for you. But if you're a priest on the internet and you're mildly humorous, it's Mm -hmm. really easy to get attention, just so you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's true. You are actually a priest of the Twitters, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're a Twitter. I mean, I'm a, part, priest, I'm
1: a priest of Jesus Christ. I yeah, am yeah, also yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I would just consider you, like, when, when I'm scrolling through Twitter, I don't know a whole lot about you, but yeah. I recognize you as a name that some, somewhere along the line I followed you because you represented the Diocese of Twitter. Somewhere. Okay, that's fair. Diocese of
0: Twitter. Yeah,
2: you're one of the (laughs) priests, the priests of the diocese of Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like the military diocese, you know, it kind of like overlaps some
1: state, you know, some that's exactly what it
0: is. Father Anthony, I think you just became a bishop. Like right now. no, 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 no. no, I'm not the bishop. Okay.
2: Well, I think who would you guys pick? Like, who'd be your top three if you had to elect someone or you had to you had to like nominate someone for
1: bishop of Twitter, maybe? No, we have a bishop of Twitter, Bishop Umbers. He's Ooh. a auxiliary bishop in somewhere in Australia. It's like Texas. It's basically one very small okay. place. Yeah. So Bishop Umbers is definitely the bishop of Twitter. He's taking a break okay. for Lens, but he like does his own memes and like okay. does it himself. He's actually running his own accounts. We've declared yeah. him bishop of Catholic Twitter.
0: Okay, Okay, uh, Father Anthony, I'm going to walk back through your thought process with you, and then I'm going to walk back with Edmund through one of his earlier to make fun of you. Walk us us backwards. So, Father Anthony, you— we were making a. Jo- Edwin was making a joke about Catholic yes. Twitter and how there needs to be a bishop of one. You went to a real bishop, which is an odd thing to do, but also the more odd thing to do. If you're going to go to a real bishop, you skipped over the Pope, like he's on Twitter as well. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. no, 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 no. Pope's got that,
1: Pope's got bigger things to do. Exactly. I mean, yes, that. And I am loyal and obedient to our Holy Father, but he doesn't run his own accounts. <laughs> Yeah, come on. He's got got bigger fish to fry, man. Exactly. So wait, everybody that's mad at
0: at him for his tweets, they're actually mad at someone else?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're mad at some Vatican staffer. Come on,
2: guys. Yeah, that's probably true. No, we need someone that exemplifies kind of Twitter. I think we could have a bishop of Facebook, a bishop of Twitter, a bishop of Twitch, I think would be interesting. I think it's up and coming. Maybe someone from Africa, maybe someone from the Philippines. I think we could really get something like that going. I think each social media platform should have its own bishop. And I said that here, and you can quote me on that. You you can send that to someone important.
0: Forte yeah. Catholic exclusive. Yeah, this okay. was the
2: this was the forte synod on uh, internet <laughs> uh, uh, bishop authority.
0: Yeah, with with uh, bishop Bishop Anthony Shrapa. So walking yeah, back to something you said, Edmund. What's your name? I'm I'm yeah. very confused. We're giving everyone <laughs> fake titles and names.
2: But I'm the Edmund that betrayed all of his friends for Turkish delight in the Chronicles. Of yes, Anamia, that's so I'm, yeah.
0: That's the one so that trust I, like, me. I actually compared you to him before I even yeah. knew your name. I'm like, that guy reminds me of an Edmund that betrays so, his friends. And then I learned that your name was actually Edmund. It was perfect.
2: Yeah. If there's any type of sweets in the room, like you're, yeah, it goes sweets, friends. The rest of my family, other people, like that's the order of
0: importance. Yeah. <laughs> like you were making the joke about sweets, but you also said that your friends are more important with your, than your family. Which... Get out, go,
2: go. Sorry, those are my kids
0: who so, wait, are wait.
2: less important than this interview right
0: now. Why you're saying that your family is important to you, you're shooing your children and telling them to leave and get out. Yeah. It's just yeah. great. Right, okay, walking back. You said that you create a podcast that you would want to listen to. I do the same. Yeah. I create a podcast that I would want to listen yeah. to. Father Anthony Please. creates a podcast that he listens to. So- oh.
1: Yeah. I create a podcast that everyone should listen to. No, okay. That's okay. how that that's how clericalism works. It's just so you fair know. enough. I know enough. So-
0: I know this is private information that I'm making public. Father Anthony listens to his own podcast. Uh, are you guys ready to go live on the radio now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> let, 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 let's, let, let's start the interview now. Okay. So Edmund, oh a, a, where we've gotten to so far is that you are the host of the show, which is yeah. a, a podcast. It's there's videos, and you're so freaking creative, and it's and it makes me angry how good at stuff you are. Like your videos <laughs> are so, awesome, your content's awesome, your friends so, are awesome. It's great. That's so
2: sweet of you to be angered. Uh, (laughs) I take that as the highest compliment because I know exactly what you mean.
0: (laughs) So... Here's the deal. I want people to go check it out. It's it's a blast. You are launching season two this Thursday, which the date is April 3rd, 4th, April 4th. 4th, April 4th. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, April 4th, people can check it out. They can find it on all their podcasting platforms. But yeah. what I brought you on to talk about today, we've already actually kind of started talking about, which is good. You and I and Father Anthony are all, we all love podcasts. We all love consuming the medium. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about, like, how do you decide what you're going to listen to, not only yeah, for yourself, yeah, yeah. but also like for our listeners, like what should we as Catholic people be listening to?
2: Yeah. So I'd be interested to hear what you guys' first podcast was. For me, the first podcast I ever came across, I, it was actually on the radio, it was Radiolab. It's borderline radio and podcast. But I remember driving my car and hearing an episode of Radio Lab, and I'd never heard anything like that before. And I remember like driving into my uh, driveway and parking the car and just sitting there for 20 minutes listening to this crazy episode. And that was really my first exposure to something like that. And then I came across other other podcasts, which people probably wouldn't know, but um, uh, Back to Work with Merlin Mann and uh, Roderick on the Line and then some NPR stuff kind of a little bit, some uh, news and fresh air. And then Mark Marin, just some of that kind of stuff. Like, and then the Moth Radio Hour, I think, was another one that was called. I don't know. I go through phases, and sometimes I'm very uh, practical, and it's very like business oriented and like business podcasts. And I'm trying to learn stuff, and then sometimes it's just trying to like ex- like learn in the sense of expanding. I don't know my knowledge of the world. So like radio lab or like Freakonomics and stuff like that. And, but I would say that if you looked at all of the content on podcast form that I've consumed in the course of my life. I would say the the theme, the general theme that I'm seeing is longer form conversations where people have a little more space to have a nuanced articulation of their worldview. And in particular, just like conflicting or contrary or just different worldviews where people are going into great depth, either it's different than mine and it's just two people talking about their worldview. Like, for instance, Roderick on the line is two, like, California-based, you know, or California, Seattle, indie rock, left-leaning people. So it's just conflicting nuance. Worldview. I mean, Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson did, like, a three-hour debate, and they couldn't get past definition of truth. And, like, millions of people listened. Or Joe Rogan, three hours about, you know, whatever, like, politics or religion. And really, for me, it's kind of the antithesis of what kind of my parents' generation would listen to, which is, like, quick 10-minute Fox news. Like yelling matches, right? Uh, so for me, like I would say that the theme has been this kind of long form conversation, and so that's what I really fell in love with, and that's what I'm kind of striving for in this show. Is yeah, we have Catholics on because like a lot of the people around me are Catholic, or people I know that are interesting are Catholic, but I also try to get people with different worldviews and just honestly just use the podcast as a as an excuse to contact someone and say, hey, can we talk? Who otherwise I wouldn't have talked, been able to talk to authors, musicians
0: yeah, exactly. Podcasting is how I made all of my friends. I just reached out to people that should have never talked to me, like the two of you. And I said, Hey, I have a radio yeah. show on a platform. Would you like to come and talk to me? And you're like, Sure, exactly. I can last for eighteen yeah. minutes. That's perfectly fine. And then we'll, well and this a provides way. a
2: safe distance between me and you. Like it's nice. it's a it's a <laughs> nice barrier here between <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> absolutely so the big question that you asked was like first podcast that i ever listened to and i had to think about that and yeah. i was like i don't know I, like it was zig ziglar i know that it was zig ziglar which is an interesting oh, wow yeah this was like Thanks. in college was, like 2009 which is interesting for me because zig was a business podcast a leadership podcast a family yeah. podcast and like a just a be a better man overall podcast
2: who's influenced you more zig ziglar or tony robbins
0: Zig, for sure. For sure. Zig is my man. I love Zig. Interesting. Um, And like, what's interesting is like, I've kind of gone into those four directions with my podcasting stuff. It's like business stuff. I love, you know, sports stuff, uh, video games, faith stuff. Like, all of it has kind of like an equal platform in what I listen to. And I think like the interesting conversation that we have in our last couple of minutes here is like, is it okay for Catholics who are trying to grow in their faith to listen to business podcasts, to listen to sports podcasts, to listen to video game podcasts? What say you, Mr. Mitchell? Uh, I
2: think yes. Like, um, when I graduated from college, so I went to a very Catholic university in a small town. I don't know if you've heard of it, Franciscan university, Mm -hmm. Steubenville. Never Never heard uh, heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of, anyways, I went to this small Catholic university and, uh, so I, I got like this hyper, Catholic education there, hyper bubble, which is great. That was what I needed. But when I left and went out into the world and in ministry for like a year and a half, two years, all I was listening to was Catholic radio, which is great. Like we need that. But I was so isolated. I was like talking about people that didn't believe in God. Like the character that I had built up was so different from the reality of people that were not Catholic, that there was just a huge disparity. So I do think that once you get to a certain point and you can differentiate between what is in the deposit of faith, like what is contained in divine revelation, uh, and what is in the realm of opinion and, and navigate out into the world, you start testing your articulation or your understanding of the faith. And you also, like, I mean, I was thinking about Thomas Aquinas did a wonderful job of assimilating all of these different philosophers and, and kind of show like pulling the good out of um, these different philosophical frameworks or different, you know, examples. And I think with us, especially in the realm of the internet, like, I think we need more of Bishop Barron having conversations with Dave Rubin. And I think we need more of like, I think we need to break out. I think we're doing a good job. It's it's no longer a question of like, do we need Catholic content? Like, or, or, or um, there's no cap, there is Catholic content. Now we need to start thinking as people who are making, you know, who are in this space of like doing stuff like this, we need to start thinking more of like using these platforms to engage people th- that are our peers, but in a different worldview. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, I try to reach out to other people who are kind of at the same level. Of pod- I mean, it's not a huge podcast, so reach out to other people like Protestants and atheists. And I, I, I tried to get a Jedi night. on. I did get a Jedi night on. Uh, yeah, and that was really interesting. I not loved the Luke
0: Skywalker as, episode. It was great.
2: Yeah, not as exciting as you thought, as you think it would be. But so I think that's really important right now. I think um, there was a time where there was no Catholic content. We just needed to hear, you know, the deposit of faith in in audio and written and radio form and stuff. But now I think it's time for us to mature a little bit and really engage the world and, and have all of these ideas kind of mixed together and a Catholic worldview of that.
0: The Catholic idea that comes to my brain, whenever you're talking about this, is like being in the world, but not of the world, right? And I think mm-hmm. we a lot of times we get into our circles on social media, in our parishes, like in our in our homes, in our lives, and we forget the whole part. We're like, oh yeah, I can't be of the world. I need to stop sinning. Yes, you need to stop sinning, but you also need to be in the world. Like you need to go yeah. and bring, bring this message. And like part of that is like, it's okay to listen to, yeah. to something else.
1: So I think one of the things that a lot of Catholics struggle with because if you look at some of the feedback from for example when Bishop Robert Barron was on the Ben Shapiro show they have this idea of whatever their personal idea of Catholicism is sometimes they think that that is the only kind of Catholicism they don't see the room that we have in our tradition and we have this difficulty with yes there's an authoritative tradition in the church but there's also wiggle room in that tradition I think sometimes there's a difficulty for people to accept that there is room for different opinions within Catholicism on a lot of issues, and maybe more Catholics going into different forums and talking with other people, I think it'd be difficult for them to realize and open up their idea of what Catholicism really is. That's not a question. That's a comment. I'm sorry. I'm not good at interviewing no, that, people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's great. No, that's great. I mean, you've hit on my like my deeper passion, which is the catechism of the Catholic Church, and This catechism that I think was one of the most authentic fruits of Vatican II and what Vatican II was trying to do, which was not to open up the doors of the church to let the world in, but to open up the doors of the church so we could go out and engage it. And I think uh, most Catholics don't know the difference between things that are infallibly contained in the deposit of faith and things that, while still important, are not part of the deposit of faith and are not part of divine revelation, what Jesus wants you to know to get to heaven. Yeah. And so I get caught up to in the colors of vestments and in yoga. and We don't do a good enough job of making those disclaimers and saying, hey, look, this is part of my opinion on this. There's some wiggle room in this. And as long as you have that catechism and you kind of know what's part of the deposit of faith, I think, yeah, you're able to go out into the world and say, okay, well, uh, and, and that was a problem I kept running into was I was just hearing all this Catholic radio that was just telling me opinion lines, but I wasn't differentiating between opinion. And I was just, I wanted to know. I wanted someone to tell me how I
0: should feel. Well, here's here's yeah. my takeaways from our time together. Number one, Edmund Mitchell needs to come back. Number two, read your catechism. I'm happy to. Number three, yeah. it's perfectly fine to listen to other things, like engage your faith in the world that you are in. And number four, golly, I like Edmund a lot. Number four is just number two. You need to come back (laughs) because uh, the greatest thing is that you were like, I love long form interviews and we just ran out of time. It's fantastic. All right, Uh, (laughs) guys, uh, Father Anthony and I will be right back for our final segment of the day. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Forte Catholic for our final segment of the day. I want to thank Edmund Mitchell again for coming on the show today. Father Anthony has not left me like everyone else that loves me. He is still here. The one, the only, the majestic, the mighty, the beautiful, just like America, Father Anthony Sharaba, What's up, dude? Hello. That was great because, like, the internet cut out. People that don't know, we do this over the internet so we can see each other. We're waving at each other right now. It's beautiful. Uh, And the internet cut out for just a second, and you were like, That's
1: good. That's even better than the sound effect I was trying to make.
0: Maybe you're more talented by accident, like me. Maybe we have that Mm. in common. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Okay, so uh, in the first segment, we did, like, a who would win... In a fight. All in honor of ministrymadness.com. You have a week to go vote. Ministrymadness.com. Go cast your vote now. Okay. But uh, we were on the phone today and we were talking about like, oh, what what could we possibly talk about today? And you were like, well, there's this whole thing about fighting demons. Okay. Oh, yeah. So just to kind of preface it, uh, how do you, as like a normal priest, get involved with demon stuff? like not as an individual, but like in your, like just in your priesthood in general?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I'm not, I'm not an exorcist, so I don't do anything like that. Um, But how I get involved with some of these things when it's because my parishioners uh, or people in my parish territory who come to me and say, Hey, this has been going on in my house, or this has been affecting me. And, uh, you know, that's, if it's something that's affecting my people, my parishioners, it's first and foremost my duty to minister to them. Now, for the more extraordinary cases, um, we have people in my diocese who are more experts. I've got their phone numbers, and I call them, and I talk to them, and I make sure I've got all my ducks in a row before I do anything, um, because you have to be, in a particular way, you know, careful with this stuff. You can't you know, just charge in. Um, so yeah, it's basically, it's not something I've ever looked for, but Every once in a while, a parishioner is, you know, having a problem with a quote-unquote haunted house, or they played with a Ouija board too much, or they've done some other stupid stuff, new-agey stuff. And uh, that's that's how you get demons, and then you have to figure out how to get rid of them. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of happens.
0: My only follow-up question is, what do the ducks have to do with the exorcisms?
1: Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> So your ducks you need to it's part of the ritual actually is that you 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 get um seven ducks cuz seven is a perfect number and you have to line them up properly cuz if they go all crooked then the demons they're not scared but demons are terrified of well ordered ducks in a row
0: <laughs> <laughs> So if you're not tracking Father Anthony said keep your ducks in a row and I made mm-hmm. a dumb joke, and he played along with it. So yeah. just just as a special PSA, ducks have nothing to do ducks have nothing with, with <laughs> exorcism.
1: This. this is all about Jesus Christ and his power to save.
0: But uh, have you ever seen that, that video? As you were talking the whole time, I was picturing this video of a mama duck walking with all the baby ducks behind them, and then the mm-hmm. wind blows, and it blows all the ducks over. That's what I felt like would happen in the exorcism if ducks I'm glad actually you were, were really
1: involved. listening intently to the things I was saying. Always. How you asked me a question and then we're just attentive.
0: Once you press- said the word ducks, I wasn't listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's all it takes. That's <laughs> all it takes. The word ducks. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you mentioned some of the ways, and like this was kind of a joke on Twitter. You were like, No, no, this is how you get demons. Yeah. Don't get the yeah, demons.
1: So, I mean, first, I mean, sometimes even like good regular Catholics don't know this stuff. Um, first of all, uh, demons and Satan it, are real, they're not just metaphors, they are angelic fallen beings. Like, read your Bible, it's in there right there, okay. And but the thing is, the only way they can really mess with your life, like, ordinarily. The evil forces, all they can do is suggest things to you. All they can do is tempt you. And usually that works. We fall for stupid temptations all the time. But sometimes if you invite demons into your life in some way, then they can begin to take hold and do spooky stuff. And the way they do this is if you do stuff like tarot card reading or crystal healing or um, seances, if you can consult mediums, all this stuff, which the Bible says is super illegal, there's a reason for it. Because you're connecting the spiritual apart from God. If you try to control something spiritual or do something like that apart from God, you are opening the doors to let the enemy in. That's how that it's a very legalistic kind of way it works.
0: Okay. So What's interesting is like we've we've been able to talk, and I, I've gotten to learn from 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 demonologists and from exorcists, and like it's it's like a it's a thing that i have been fascinated about, but I never want to sure. be around. You know what I mean? It's sure, like yeah. Um, That's, yeah. <laughs> so like, what's interesting is I remember something that we you and I have talked about before. It's like how just like nonchalant and simple that an exorcist that you know just talks about these things because like first of all they're a pro, and like and but like why else? Do you think that people that have dealt with this, like, you know, yourself, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go deal with this thing with the demons. You know, like, why is it not as big of a deal as, like, Hollywood seems to make it? Not as, I don't know.
1: Right. So, I mean, those things and scary things can happen. But the thing is, Jesus Christ is infinitely more powerful than any demon. If you think about it, also, like, a Jewish woman from Nazareth is, is far more powerful than any demon, Mary, our mother. Um, she, I mean, demons are scared to death of her. We've got all the power on our side. Um, so you just realize, and you know, through experience that all of this in one way or another is in God's hands and he's the one doing the work and he's the one who's going to take care of you. And, um, yeah, the demons can try to spook you and like jump scare you, but like that's, they can't if if you've got Jesus, you're fine. So that's the, that's why the people who are really involved with this, they they're just used to it and they're not afraid because I mean they know the power of Jesus Christ.
0: I was uh, when I was in high school, I was at a Steubenville Youth Conference and there was a priest on stage who was an exorcist or like like mm. you know not anyway he currently probably still is, but at the time he was an exorcist. It's it's hard right. to say was in a past story talking about his his present at the time. It's a, it's we like t- time inception. You. I'm very confused though. Where are the ducks? He didn't say anything about ducks, and I'm very confused. So he was teaching us uh, – he did this whole story about exorcisms and, and kind of like what you were just saying. It's like, yes, it's a big deal. It's serious. You don't want to get involved with, in it. But if anything happens, even the small temptations, like Jesus is more powerful than these things invite Jesus into it. Yeah. So he, he sets it all up for – this big closing prayer, he's like, you know, getting the, the all of us like hyped up. He's like, there's this super powerful prayer that all exorcists use. And it works like 90% of the time. This is it. Do you want to hear it? And we were like, yeah. Do you want to hear <laughs> it? Yeah, we do. And he said, okay, bow your heads. And he said, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it was just silent for like 10, 15 seconds. And then like we all slowly start looking up like for him on the stage and we were like, did the demons take him? Like, where did he go? You know, (laughs) And then like, we, we all slowly realized his point. His point was, that was it. That was the prayer. (laughs) And then it was the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Right.
1: Because Christ conquers by the cross and that's the invoking the Trinity guys. Here's the thing. Like the ordinary stuff of Catholicism is powerful stuff. Like far more powerful than any exorcism blessing is reconciliation, going to, going to confession, far more powerful was the Eucharist, far more powerful, you know, and like simple stuff like invoking the name of Jesus, making the sign of the cross. These things have spiritual power. And it's awesome.
0: Go yeah. Jesus! Go yeah, church! Get all fired up. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, so this, this brings us to this, uh, I, I was praying through this a couple of weeks ago, and th- this brings me to a tweet that I sent out. I, didn't, I know you didn't think I was going to go there, right? But it all connects, oh. I promise. So I was in the middle of my prayer time, and Mm -hmm. I I ran across across this quote in the catechism, and that's not something that I find myself reading often or something I find myself tweeting often is catechism quotes, right? Sure. And, you know, I'm not like yourself with 18 billion followers on Twitter. So, like, if I get, like, 10 likes, I'm like, yeah, people really (laughs) like me, you know? If you get 10 likes, you're depressed, you know? So (laughs) It's true. It's true. So our lives are just very different. I don't have five empty rooms. I don't have followers. But I I have a wife and kids, so it's fine. So, anyway, uh, I tweet this catechism thing, and it gets, like, 20-something likes. And I'm like, wait, What? This is what you people have wanted the whole time? <laughs> but I have to admit, it's this pretty great quote, and it's, it, it, it all flows into this conversation that we were just having. Catechism of the Catholic Church, not the Catechism of the Methodist Church, because I don't think that exists. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, ironically enough, 2,666. Hey, look at that. Um, hey. <laughs> to pray Jesus, to pray the word Jesus is to invoke him and to call him within us. And then here's the big line. His name is the only one that contains the power or that contains the presence it signifies. What does that mean, good and holy priest?
1: So um, you can say my name. you can say Father Anthony over there in Texas, right? And it may remind people of who I am and how famous I am and what a holy priest I am. But it doesn't mean that I'm, physically or spiritually present in any way in Texas, right? But with the name of Jesus, because he is the eternal wor- word, because you are a Christian invoking his name, he is there present when you say his name. So that's, wait, wait, as a side note, that's one of the reasons why you shouldn't be using swear words with the name of Jesus, because you are you know, desecrating the word in a sense. Um, so when you call upon Jesus, he is there. When you say his name, he is there, present in a real way.
0: Why'd you just call me out in the middle of the radio show, dude? You're like, you shouldn't be using swear words because then Jesus will show up and hear you you say the rest of the words. I just went to confession and confessed that. Did you hear that too?
1: No, I just guessed. I'm a good guesser.
0: You're a good guesser. You're like, I've heard enough confessions and I've spent enough time around you that I probably know the 16 sins you committed.
1: Yeah, most most people do the same sins. It's not all that. There's only one original sin and the rest are just knockoffs. So it's
0: not all that surprising. (laughs) We're all just copying. Um, So the whole time I was reading this catechism verse, like there are two thoughts going back and forth. One, like, this is amazing. the the name of Jesus has so much power. And two, I'm pretty sure this makes Jesus just like Janet from the good place. So like, <laughs> If you've seen the good place, they say Janet, and she just appears and pops up out of nowhere. So you say Jesus, and essentially that's what happens. He pops up and he's there, and he's ready to hear your swear words. He's ready to see the good work you do. He's ready to like be there in prayer. Like you say his name, and he is there. It's so cool. That's
1: beautiful because that really uh, exemplifies illustrates the duality of Taylor Shro. Beautiful quotes inspired by Jesus, and also. Can't help but think of a pop
0: culture reference. There, there it is. <laughs> welcome it's to Forte Catholic, drunk. everybody. <laughs> welcome in. It's great to have <laughs> you here. I'm glad you noticed. Okay, so yeah. uh, there's another verse that I was praying through the same morning, okay, from Acts chapter 3. One of my favorite scriptures in all, or like, at, the book of Acts is, is probably my favorite book in all the Bible. Because, like, Jesus came, taught us how to live. Died, rose again, and then he left and floated back up to heaven. He's like, hey, I'm going to send you a helper. Good luck, you know? And yeah, yeah. This, is that, this is that promise coming to fruition in Acts, right? right? So Acts chapter 1, Jesus leaves, floats back up to heaven. Acts chapter 2, his, his little brother, the Holy Spirit, gets sent down onto the apostles. And then, uh, like, literally he has just left. And then we get to this story in Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple area for the three o'clock hour of prayer. A man, and a man crippled from birth was carried and placed at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate every day to beg for alms from the people who entered the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. But Peter... Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, look at us, which I think is an odd thing to say. It's
1: it's, it's quite a flex. It's like, (laughs) look at me.
0: I'm the (laughs) captain now. (laughs) Um, He paid attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold. But, which is like, sounds like most Christians, right? Like I don't have silver or gold, but here's the prayer token. It's like, no, like give the man help. Right. But, <laughs> but Peter isn't like most modern Christians. He says, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I do have, uh, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene rise and walk. Then Peter took him by the right hand, raised him up. Immediately his feet and ankles grew strong. He leaped up, stood, walked around, and went into the temple with them, walking and jumping and praising God, and then everybody was happy. That's, that's how the story yeah. ends, right? So here's the crazy thing. Jesus sure. just left. He said, hey, you're going to do greater things than than I ever did when you get this whole Holy Spirit thing, and then they get the Holy Spirit, and then they're walking by, and they're like, hey, I want to be healed. Oh, okay. Do you know a fancy prayer, Peter? Nope, Jesus, get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> and he gets up, right? Like, this yeah. is crazy. Like, that's all they say in the name of Jesus the Nazarene, rise and walk. And yeah, then man. he lifts, he puts his hand out to pick him up. Like, mm-hmm. what if it didn't work?
1: <laughs> well, I'm assuming Peter had an intuition. That the Holy Spirit was guiding him in this moment. He wasn't like, "Ooh, I wonder if this works." Ooh, no. He was like, "Oh, this is going to work because the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do this now."
0: He didn't say it with a question mark. In the name of Jesus, the Nazarene, rise and walk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe hedging I- my bets. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but if, but if you, if it makes you feel better, we'll uh, we'll pray with you at the. End. No, like he gets <laughs> up, and then the guide yep. leaps up. Like this is so crazy. To me, And it, it reminded me the importance and the power of the name of Jesus, right? Now, that sounds yeah. like such a thing that, like, Protestants would say. It's like, you know, like, there is power in the name of Jesus. Like, I love that song so much. It's like the yeah. one where I'm, like, swaying my arms back and forth in the, in the church. Yay! Uh, yeah. But, like, there really is power in Jesus' name. So if you're ever tempted, if you're ever scared, if you ever feel like you're about to fall into that sin, you always do. Invoke the name of Jesus. Father Anthony Thanks for coming on the show today. You're awesome Oh yeah, it's fun You're fun. Alright guys, I'll be back Next week for another show We're getting into the 130s Why do they let me do this show? Thanks so much guys I'll be back next week. Say it!